hello, this is Dr. Walter Aka. And Dr. Craddock, as always. And this is Tooth Be Told. told. Yes, sir. Yes, uh, we're we're trying something different this time. Yeah, well, actually, Dr. Craddock is in a remote location, a.k.a. his house, and I'm at my place, (laughs) and so we're trying to sync it up, uh, and he's going to tell you, I'm not going to tell you, but he's going to tell you why he's not, we're not in the same location. Well, it's partly because uh, I don't really feel comfortable driving right now. I'm kind of partially concussed, is what they're calling it. I feel like Kevin Love. <laughs> what happened? I, I mean, uh, you know, I tried to relive my glory days uh, of basketball. I, I was quite a big deal back in the day. Uh, not wanting to brag, I'm just kidding. But, but you weren't. Uh, but you weren't a big On the weekends, deal. I, I try to, I try to go back in the future. You're like, that doesn't make any sense. I just try to go back in time. You're, you're like that guy. You're like that guy that you know did something nice in his in high school and thinks that they can still do the same thing. You you can't. Yeah, this, that, that guy that wears his Letterman jacket like <laughs> 15 years after that's me. That's no, sad. That's sad. That's what that's but, what you uh, get. No, so I, I usually play on the weekends, but um, as as luck would have it, I, I caught a, a a straight ball to the head. Uh, and uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks for laughing at my at my misfortune. <laughs> no, it's uh, Doctor Aka. That's it's, awesome. It's the way you said it. You called a ball. You called balls to the head. It's what you said. Yeah, see, see, singular ball, singular, singular ball. I don't know. Well, you got two. Uh, you just made it weird. But uh, yes. So I'm uh, I'm a, I'm I'm a little not myself today. But I said, hey, you know, to do the podcast. Uh, when am I ever in the right mind? So. True, true. Might as well c- continue to go through with it. Now, now you have a reason. Exactly. So, <laughs> if you say anything crazy, people are like, "Oh, it's okay. He's concussed." Exactly. Right. I I apologize ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's funny. Uh, so this weekend, I uh, took my daughter to um, the 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 uh, Houston uh, Kids Museum. Okay. Right. And, you know, you think that whenever you get there, you're going to find it. And, and she's like, she's 11 months old, almost 12. Uh, so there's a little section for them. It's like a little kid's toddler area where they can just crawl around and play with different toys and stuff like that. And if you know me, I'm a germaphobe. So already I have a problem with that. <laughs> I mean, I'm already, <laughs> every time she like touched anything, I was like, oh, okay, that's nice. And I'd like spray it and wipe it down before she played with it. You know what I mean? So, so that's already a problem with me. Like I'm looking around and I see every single child in there and I don't see a kid. You know what I see? Disease. I see some form of disease that I'm going to, ha- she's going to get that I'm going to be <laughs> awake having to deal with this, you know, cold Why would you do or, this to yourself? You, exactly. But you know, it's the thing to do, right? Cause you want, you want her to be social, right? And so we're there. Um, and this lady basically comes up, and and the one thing that you do when you go there is you you somehow want to start, you start conversations with with other parents, right? Because they're all there and they, they don't know why they're there. But so you just you know, hey, what's going on? Oh yeah, your daughter can walk. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, mine can't. And then you sit there, you try to compete with each other over <laughs> being able to walk, or oh look, they can grab, you can they can are, take. Are this. they competing, or are you just competing? No, I feel like every parent in there is compete with each other. Oh, how how old is yours? Oh, well, mine is eleven. Um, so is mine. Oh, I see <laughs> that they can walk. Yes. Well, yeah, mine is better than yours. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm thinking this is the beginning of something. That it's gonna happen for the rest of her life, where I'm gonna live vicariously through her. You know what I mean? And and this if she does anything, gonna happen the rest of her life. <laughs> and if she does anything, <laughs> poor to, child. To, if she does anything to, to shame the group, and that, that's a collective group, myself, my wife, and her. You know, we're we're a unit right now. 
you see. And if she does anything to embarrass the unit, she might have to be uh, disowned. We don't know yet. This, this, this sounds like all the makings of her writing a book about you. <laughs> Just letting you know. <laughs> but, but you know it's funny so we're all there and we're having a good time or at least this is what I assume to be a good time where she just crawls around and, and she keeps stealing stuff from other kids and I'm like okay. I'm like no Nina don't steal it from other kids and she'll go they're having a good time and she goes oh well whatever I have in my hand is not good enough right now but whatever that child has is very good so I'm gonna go over there so she, <laughs> she crawls over there and she steals it from the child and they all look surprised like how does this little one who is smaller than me come and take something and i all i can do is just look at this little one right so so i keep saying oh no but really in my mind i'm thinking good this is how you establish dominance right <laughs> this is how you establish dominance in the playground you see what i'm saying so i'm you know deep down i'm actually very happy about this but i can't act like that right so i'm like oh no nina stop no no <laughs> So she must have gotten this trait from you. This this must be how you were on the playground as a young kid as well. I, I hope so. That's the problem. <laughs> I hope so because. That, but then the funny thing. This is what happened. This is how you know that parents nowadays are either delusional or soft. Because then the one parent comes up to my wife and is like, "Oh, your child is such a good player. Meaning like she plays so well. And she called it like a social player." And I was like. What the hell does that mean? My child just stole from your kid, and you're encouraging this. That's like that, that was a, she, that was a social interaction in her in her mind, right? And I'm thinking to myself, oh my god, this this kids, this is going to be easy. My child is going to dominate. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> All she has to do is do something normal, and people are going to spin it to make it seem like that's what you're supposed to do. You know, Dang. like she's going to be a bully. But in their mind, it's not bullying. You know what it is? It's social hierarchy. She's like, oh, I see that she's a dominant she's social player. A, a, a social hierarchy. Right. I feel like that's, that's the name they're going to come up with. They're going to be like, oh, well, she's a social, she's a dominant social player. That's wonderful. <laughs> At least that's what that I think. Whole, that sounds a whole lot better than uh, uh, extreme bully. <laughs> right. You know, and, and, and another thing, too, it was funny because. While they're all playing, you, you, you basically have these parents like, you know, like what they call those, uh, uh, helicopter parents, right? They're just hovering around, just watching their child play and they're just following them around like a bunch of idiots. Okay. But not me. I'm not doing that. So I chill in the corner, which I guess if in hindsight, that kind of looks weird. So I chill yeah, in the it's corner. It's kind of creepy in the children's, the children's museum. <laughs> the You're children. lurking in the, in the, in the corners of the <laughs> children's museum, just watching the kids play from afar. <laughs> kind of strange just just say it no the one good thing about the houston museum and shout out to them is they give you a little sticker and you can't go in there if you don't have a kid with you okay well yeah. at least there's so some sort of check and balance they do so then they give you a little sticker so we, we myself and my wife both have the sticker so we can go into the toddler area and they're all playing and stuff but i'm just kind of sitting there and i'm looking i'm in the corner and i'm watching right and 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 i'm i'm thinking okay this is this is going well. It's going well. But then this one kid, I think, must have been like two or three. I don't know. This kid is a giant. Shouldn't clearly okay. doesn't belong in there. Doesn't belong in a pen. Doesn't belong in a toddler section. But he's. There. Did you just call it a pen? By the way, and, and that's basically what it looked like. Let's not pretend. Like the cattle. Like they literally kinda... wrangled them all up in one area. Okay. Okay. So they're in this pen, you know, and this kid is a giant, like probably at least six three. I don't know. So this this <laughs> this, this this supposed toddler is there. 
and and he's aggressive. He's a bit aggressive. Like the way he uses a little lawnmower toy or whatever is too much. Like he's running. There's no need to run. There's no room for all that. You walk. You walk with death in, right? And so he's he's basically running around dodging people and stuff. I'm not liking it, you know. And then he comes real close to Nina and and he passes her. And I go, hmm. So my eyes now focused on him. Okay. It's so he didn't actually touch her, but just came close. No, he came too close. So now 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 my eye is like focused on him. I'm like, ooh, I dare you to touch her. Because they're ready. Because then what I did is I look at the dad, and the dad is like six seven, and I was like, now I see where the giant kid comes from, <laughs> right? But I'm not gonna let this dad scare me. So I look at him too, and he knows I'm looking at him, and I look at him like, let your enormous child touch my little princess. I'm going straight for you because I can't hit a kid. That's just weird. So I'm gonna hit that the dad. I'm, I'm glad. So you're just gonna go straight for the dad. I'm going for the dad because he knows what he did wrong. He should have never brought this giant of a kid. In this toddler area. What if the kid is just a toddler, but he's just a big toddler? Then you, you should have an, another area. Do you, have you ever been to the zoo? I have been to the zoo. Okay, okay. Imagine this is the zoo. Would they keep the elephants with the... Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> would they keep the elephants with the field re- uh, mouse? No. They separate them for a reason. Okay? Because there could be dangerous <laughs> and, and results. I, I feel like you haven't been to the zoo either. <laughs> I'm just telling you what I know. When you go the, to the, the zoo, the only thing that I know from this is that you are uh, highly protective of parents, uh, which I, I, I'm not gonna lie, I expect. <laughs> I'm I'm not protective. I just don't understand why this giant of a toddler is in this pen. So he threw off the hierarchy, you know, because Nina was dominating, and I felt great. Ah, uh, now I see. And then he comes in with this. Six, eight child, you know, and then he's acting, he's acting all kinds of reckless. Oh, look at me. I can walk. No one can tell that. We can all walk. God, God, God forbid that the child walks. Dr. <laughs> you know, we can all walk. You know, you don't impress me with your walking, you know, and then, oh, and then you're going to start running. Oh, I'm supposed to be impressed by the fact that you can run. Barely. You can barely run. I'm about, I'm about to challenge you to a foot race. That's what you're I felt like doing. You're now you're challenging little kids in the toddler area. He he was he was at least he was at least seven nine. I don't know what this child was eating. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what this child was eating. But uh, but that was an enjoyable su- Saturday afternoon with my child. I I I, I see. It was nice. I, I I don't think that you're competitive uh, at all for <laughs> for no reason. I you know I, and I I hope. That this continues where, you know, the kids play together. It's, it's a nice environment. It really is. I will say, I'll be honest, like the, the children's museum is a lot of fun. You know, they, they have a lot of things for kids to play with and stuff. And I recommend everybody should go to a children's museum. Not if you have a child, by the way. Don't just, yeah, please. Don't just go there because that that's just, right. Let me preface it by saying you have to have a kid, you weirdo. You know, <laughs> so, so go there and honestly take your kids. It's a lot of fun, especially the Houston one. There's two areas that you can go to uh but absolutely wonderful time but i will tell you it's it's kind of funny watching kids play and i I bet you that's how my parents were right because there's no way you want your child to be the one that's getting pushed around but you don't want them to be a bully or i'm sorry a dominant social player you see what i mean so you're you're kind of torn because you want them to do well 
But then you're kind of like, oh, don't be a jerk. Let, let's be honest. You would be okay with them being a jerk as long as they're on top. Well, <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, anyway, what, what are we talking about today, dental, well, dental-wise? Yes, from the dental point of view, we're going to talk about uh, crown lengthening. And we're going to explain okay. to people what crown lengthening is and when you would need crown lengthening. Okay. Because when I say that to my patients, they have no idea what that means. Right. So, and I do this a lot. So that's something that I'm going to um, explain and, and kind of go over, right? So crown lengthening, if you can imagine, okay, there are multiple reasons why you need crown lengthening. Let's just say you have a cavity that's underneath your gum and you can only see it on the x-ray or it extends, it starts on the top or you, where, you, where you can see your teeth and then it extends underneath your gum, okay? And it's getting close to your bone level. That's one reason why you would need crown lengthening. And what that is, is, if you can imagine, what we're trying to do is we're trying to give you more tooth structure, more healthy tooth structure that's above your bone level, right? But not just a millimeter, two millimeters. It has to be three millimeters because if it's anything, if it's closer to your bone, what happens is your body says, hey, I don't like the fact that you're this close to me. So I'm going to go ahead and do what I'm going to do, which is basically cut the the bone down and cut, keep absorbing it until it gets away from the cavity or it gets away from the material they they, they fill the cavity with. Does that make sense? That does make sense. Yeah. Of course to me. But right. But so to, that's the whole to point. other people they might not understand why. Why is that important? Right. So your body doesn't like any foreign materials that's too close to it. Okay, not in the gum area, not in the bone area, especially. So your body's going to do the work by moving the bone away. And when when it does that, it actually causes a lot of pain, a lot of bleeding, you know, and that's what you're trying to prevent by getting the crown lengthening so that we can control for the movement of the bone and we can also control for how much bone resorption or, or cutback we have. So when you said that, you know, the body doesn't want um, uh, anything too close to it you're talking about bone right you don't it doesn't want any foreign material too close to natural bone that's exactly right? right it doesn't want any foreign material and if you get a crown or if you get a filling either one of them is pretty it's foreign to your body so your body's like no that's too close i don't like that okay you're cutting off my you know blood uh, circulation and so forth i don't like that i need to move away from my natural bone so that I can function properly. And so the way it does that is by eating away at that natural bone until it's at a distance away from that foreign body. So it's kind of like when you're outside and it's 170 degrees, you're sitting on the bus and someone wants to sit right next to you and like touch skin to skin. It's too close, you right? Need, you need some space. That's exactly <laughs> You need your personal space. I don't know if that's happened to you, but yes, you need your personal yes, space. I, I, that has happened to me. That was, that was not a great day. <laughs> or if a guy, if you can imagine. You're like, there's, there's all these seats. Why are you sitting right next to me? Please, please explain. Exactly. Like it's, right? it's, it's too hot for all that. And for some guys, you can imagine going to like the urinal or something like that. And there's all these <laughs> open urinals and, and a, a guy comes in and stands right next to you. Come on, playboy. Too close. That's exactly <laughs> <laughs> for, for lack of visual, you know, uh, uh, cue. for lack that's of a exactly, better example, that that's basically what crown lengthening is, is trying to achieve, right? Exactly. Your body Ad- adequate like, space. It wants so the enough, body is happy. Exactly. It wants enough space. So your body's happy. Okay, and uh, here are some of the reasons why you would want crown lengthening. Okay, so like I said, you got cavity or or fracture. So if you break your teeth and it goes underneath the gum and it's too close to the bone, 
That's right. Another reason, and, and sometimes you pick it because let's just say you have really short teeth, okay, and you want to get crowns or veneers or something to make it look a lot better, but the bone is too close. If you were to cut the gums away, the bone the bone would be too close to where the veneer would be, right? So you do what we call aesthetic crown lengthening, and the key is aesthetic, meaning it's in the front area where people can see uh, you're trying to give yourself more tooth. You're trying to give yourself more tooth and longer teeth. Okay, so you do the aesthetic crown lengthening to allow for that. Okay, and I think I mean if you want, I can post pictures and stuff like that. But that's an aesthetic crown lengthening. So that's another reason you'd need crown lengthening. Another one what, would be what? What about when you have not a lot of tooth structure remaining, like big cavity or a big fracture, and what's left? Maybe it's not close to the bone. But there's really no tooth structure to, to speak of to even restore or to, to even put a, a filling or a crown on, right? That's exactly right. That's another one. That's it. So you basically want more tooth structure to put a crown, a solid crown on there that's going to last you a very long time. So, so you Dr. Need to Arca, give- if, if, we, if we have uh, patients out there, it, there, there's some times when they get a crown done, right? And uh, the crown hurts, um, not in the way that, you know, the toothache, but like, gum irritation is uh what are, what are the signs of of maybe you needing a crown lengthening on a, a restoration that's already been placed right uh so i mean it could be like you said if the gum is just really swollen or irritated and every time you go to floss it it bleeds a lot right and you know that you're taking care of your teeth by brushing and doing everything you possibly can but it's always bleeding that's another thing. That's that's one of the reasons why you'd need crown lengthening. Another one would be, you know, let's just say that like you you feel like you have something like a popcorn kernel or something stuck in your gums. You know, that's that's just basically your body saying, "Hey, there's an irritation here, and I need to uh, I need to get uh, um, more room." Like we talked about, right? And then here's an here's one that most people don't think about is let's just say you get a crown, okay? And you go home and you're enjoying yourself and all of a sudden and everybody always does is they're eating something really soft and then all of a sudden that crown pops off. Yeah. That's because you don't have enough retention for that for on that tooth for the crown to stay on there. So that's another reason you need it. And that's a great that's actually one one people know they need crown lengthening most of the time. It's because the crown that they got recently keeps popping off. So they need to get more tooth structure to, to get more retention, right? Exactly. Yeah. So if that keeps happening, don't don't let these dentists out here fool you and be like, oh, oh it might be you and da, da, da. No, no, no. If it keeps popping off, it's there's a problem. And most of the time it's because you don't have enough tooth structure to hold on to this crown. So therefore, go get a crown lengthener or talk to them about getting a crown lengthener. But they should be smart enough to know, hey, you need crown lengthener before I put this final t- uh, crown on there. But a lot of so let, let's, let's be honest. Why, why do a lot of dentists um, not refer or not do crown lengthenings when they're doing crowns or or large restorations? Well, let's. I mean, for being completely honest, is because it takes time to heal, right? So most dentists, and then you can account for this, right, Doctor Cradock? Uh, you can tell me if this is true, and I know it is, but I want you to kind of confirm <laughs> it. <laughs> it's because whenever you put a crown on a tooth, is when you get paid. So you want to get paid as soon as possible. Right. And doing crown okay. lengthening is going to take you, it's going to take some time. It usually takes four, six, eight weeks before you can get that final crown on there. And that's time where you're not getting paid as a, as a, as a dentist who wants you to put that crown on there. You see? Oh, well, I, I, I don't look at it that way. No, but I, do. I, I, but I know other people, they, that, that sounds, uh, logical like somebody else may. I right. guess my yeah. biggest thing would be just, um, 
the, like you said, the time part, you know, um, you hope that your patients, uh, are compliant, but l- let's be honest, they're not always. And so now you've given them something, another task to do, another obstacle, and sometimes they, uh, may fall short. You know, maybe they never make it to that appointment to get the crown lengthening or what have you. Right. Um, and you don't want to leave something in a, in a temporary, uh, condition when it doesn't have to be, you know? Yeah, very true. Patients are, I mean, sometimes patients and people in general are very impatient. You know, whenever it's funny, they talk about, like, I have patients that want implants and I'm like, oh, it's going to take a few months for your implant to fuse, for your bone to fuse to that implant. And they look at me like, what? I thought I was going to get all this stuff done today. I was like, there's no way. (laughs) There's no way. Like, (laughs) what we're waiting for is for your bone to fuse to my implant before I can even put a crown on there, you see? And so if you tell a patient, by the way, hey, you're going to get a temporary, but you're going to be in this temporary for four, six, eight weeks before I can put the final crown on there, they're not going to like that. So there's two factors, honestly. I ain't got no time for that. That's what they Ain't nobody got time for that. There's two factors. It's either the dentist is impatient or the patient is impatient. You see, and those yeah. are the two factors that I notice a lot when it comes to why crown lengthens aren't done, you know, uh, and that should happen. And a lot of t- I mean, there's also times where, you know, you get a root canal and just with anything, right, they don't have enough two structures. So they have to do crown lengthening. So don't be surprised if after a root canal, they talk about getting a crown lengthening on that tooth. I mean, well, I think you've you brought up a lot of, of good points. Um, I, I know. What are the Okay, you're not supposed <laughs> to agree with me on that. So, but how, how often would you say crown lengthening is done? And you don't have to have an actual number. How how often would you, what would you expect for the number of crown lengthenings compared to the number of crowns that are done? I see what you're saying. Um, I... See, that's that's really hard, right? Because I don't do a lot of crowns. I only get what people refer to me, but I think the number should at least be one-third. I say at least 30%, 33%, but again, I don't do enough crowns to know. If the person that would know would be someone who does a lot of crowns. So with you, you, you do a lot of crowns that you refer for crown lengthening. So I, what do I you do. think the number is? Uh, I would probably say uh, 30%. I mm-hmm. mean, being honest, 30% of, of patients who get crowns, um, I will also say they need crown lengthening. But it, I mean, it's, it's, it's all dependent on what, what does the tooth look like? But I will be completely honest. There's, there's times where, um, you know, I do the restoration. It's, it's kind of, you know, on a, it's, it's kind of a close case, meaning it's not a for sure crown lengthening, but about, you know, three to six months after the crown is placed, I'm like, you know what? I wish I would have just done the, the crown lengthening so I could, I could be, uh, more basically I, I wouldn't have to worry about that restoration anymore. Sometimes you know it's it you, you get patients and it's hard to tell if they're just not taking care of their teeth at home you know with like daily hygiene or if this this crown is really just invading their margins it's 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 too close you know like right. you were saying right I mean but you you can take X rays and and determine hey by the way we're actually very close to the bone yeah so I would say like at least thirty three percent of those like you can just tell from the x-ray okay this is going to need crown lengthening that's just what we're going to need to do um but then there's some that you know they every time they come in they're just they're just bleeding profusely around these crowns there's enough room but you know for it's it's not close to the bone but it seems like it is impinging on the gingiva right you know right uh, and 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 you also have to realize as a restorative dentist too that maybe your crown itself is too bulbous it's too big 
you know, so your body is just kind of like, hey, this, I just don't like the way this feels because it's, that's not how my natural tooth was. So that's something else, too. You know, that's something else. And that doesn't need crown length and it just needs a new crown put on there. So there are multiple things that could irritate the gum, but one of them happens to be crown length or, or being able, being too close to the bone level. When you do a crown lengthening on a patient, what is what are the type of feedback that you get from patients? Because this is a, a procedure that's a little bit uh, on the scale of things. It's not the most comfortable procedure, right? Right. When you're healing from it. Right. Yeah. I mean, and and just like with any procedure that I do, I tell people that expect to be sore for about a week. Okay. And the way I put everything is, and I tell this for all my surgeries, I say it's not today, and it may not be tomorrow when when the soreness kicks in. It's usually the day after. It's kind of like going to the gym for the first time. You feel good the day of, right? You're like, oh, I'm so glad I did it. I worked out. And the next day, you're like, oh, I'm starting to get a little sore. You can't walk like, if you're like me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if, if you do legs, you know, it's a leg day. The next, it's like two days later, all of a sudden, you're having a hard time walking because now you're at that point where your body's kind of said, hey, what did you do to me? You know? And so, I mean, I tell people the one thing you got to do is just take your pain medication as prescribed. First Three, two to three days are usually the worst when it comes to the soreness, up to a week. You know, um, and we're cutting bone down. We're cutting the bone back so that you're not close to the bone anymore. And we're exposing more tooth structure. All this is, is surgery. So imagine any surgery. You know, you'll have swelling. You might even have some bruising. Okay. Um, you, some, it's actually, uh, it's actually funny. There's some times where, you know, we have where people will continue to bleed if we don't put the gauze and bite down on it. You know, I've had that where patients come back the next day and they're like, I'm still bleeding and we have to count and, and control for that. Okay. Am I giving you the worst case scenarios? Absolutely. And 99% of the procedures, the crown lengthens that we do end up doing being perfectly fine. Patients aren't in that much pain. But there's you, always you know, you know the people listening, all they heard was, so there's a possibility I could bleed uncontrollably <laughs> right. uh, for days. I mean and I and I have to be complete I tell this to all it my is patients. It's a possibility. Yeah, it's a possibility. It's surgery. I don't I don't understand why people think that their mouth is so different from the rest of their body. If you had if you had leg surgery, knee surgery would you expect to be sore or in pain for a few days? Absolutely. But if, for some reason, when you go to the mouth, people think, oh, okay, hey, this should be fine. I'll be back to work the next day. You may or may not be. I don't know. All I know is it's surgery. <laughs> like, act like it is. So you, you mentioned earlier about in this procedure, basically you're removing gum and bone of right. the jaw, right? Right. Are there any other – what about other um, – uh, periodontal procedures where you do the same thing. Are there any others that are like that? Well, I mean, that we can talk about, um, you know, uh, uh, osseous surgery, but I feel like that should be a totally separate um, uh, podcast, right? It's, wanna, it's, it's too much. We want to get, we want to get, we want to break it down. Session, huh? Well, it's that and just because I feel like we need more, uh, need more ideas for other podcasts. <laughs> let's not let's not waste it on you know let's not do two on one podcast <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> don't give people everything <laughs> yeah you gotta you gotta make a leave them wanting right that's exactly right so we'll talk about you know osteosurgery and and we'll talk about different techniques that people use when you know you come you go to the dentist or the hygienist especially and and we had a hygienist on here and and we're going to put that up we talked to hygienist and she's going to explain to you uh what she does with patients who have bone loss and stuff like that and then we'll talk about after the hygienist can't do anymore when i can when i come in 
what uh, osteosurgery is about and, and what we can do to help and improve that. And I believe if you go back to our previous um, podcast on periodontal uh, disease, we talked about that a little bit, but we'll reiterate that and kind of speak more of it. So we got some we got some good stuff to come. Oh yeah, man. basically for all those people. Oh yeah, and we're we're still looking for uh, ideas for content. So if you have some, please let us know. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I feel like we people have been really doing a good job of calling us or, or emailing us and telling us, "Hey, what about this?" And we have no we have no problems answering any question. If your dentist can't answer it, I promise you, we'll we'll answer it for you. We'll be very honest about it too. Sometimes dentists don't like that because we get feedback from them too. Like, well, what you said is not completely correct. Ah, no, it's not correct because you don't want to hear it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, why, why does it sound like personal? Like, I haven't gotten that conversation. No, no, it, it is like personal. Because <laughs> most of the time I'm talking bad on about somebody and then they, they go, well, it's not all of us to do that. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. But it's a lot of you guys to do that. That's the reason why I'm talking about it. <laughs> you know what I mean, if it was only like two percent, then I wouldn't talk about it. <laughs> but it's a lot more than that. So I mean, that's something that you know. Um, I feel like we have to we have to hold our profession accountable, man. And that's why I mean that was the reason why we even started this podcast, correct? True. True. Yeah. So so we will, man. You know. So uh, we'll we'll stop here. It's about thirty minutes. You know. We uh, I feel like this is a good place to stop, and then we will come back and talk about other procedures. We'll talk about. Other things happen in dentistry, you know, uh, the pinhole technique. I know that's really big now. So we'll talk about that. We'll have somebody come on and talk about that. We'll, I mean, whatever you guys are interested in talking about, we're here to help you guys. We're yeah, please, make- please let us know what what questions you have when you go to the dentist or what things maybe you're too scared to, to ask them, yeah. you know? Yeah, we'll answer them. I promise you. I mean, our email is there, so we'll we'll answer it. And 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 if you guys have any questions at all, man, just let us know. We're here to. We're basically here to make dentistry um, less mysterious. Is that a good? Is that a good adjective? Is that a good word? That, that is. Yeah. It, it is very mysterious. All <laughs> all you know is, uh, or all patients think is, it's going to hurt. And um, I don't know anything that they're doing in there. You know. Right. Right. And, you know, it's actually funny. I was talking to a patient and she basically had this nightmare of a case. So and I'll wrap it off here where she went to the dentist and um, the, the dentist and the assistant were arguing, talking about, oh, no, you shouldn't do that. Oh, no, that's not right. And this lady is about to have an extraction. <laughs> this is what she was telling me. She's like, yeah, and then they kept fighting with each other, talking about, no, don't do that, don't do this. And I was like, why? Like, why would you do that as a de- as a professional? Why would you, with someone's mouth open, be talking about, no, you're not supposed to do that, and then that your assistant's like, no, doc, you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that happens. Like, that, to but, me, is uh, crazy, that's man. That's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, like, could you imagine sitting there, looking up and seeing this? I'd be like, nah, I'm out. Okay, I got to go. I can't do this. <laughs> yeah. I I did have a patient. I mean, with all my patients, whenever they have uh, their, you know dental phobia, you know, I always try to ask them, you know, what happened, you know, to try to see if it's something I can correct, something I can make better, make it more, make it more comfortable for them, you know. And usually it's just, you know the same things. Oh, it's the sounds, or I don't like the needle. But every once in a while, you come across something that's a little odd, um, and it, it makes you it makes you step back. I, I had a patient maybe like two weeks ago. Uh, when I asked her those questions, she said, you know, she, she said she had a bad experience. And, you know, I'm like, oh, is there anything I can do to make it, 
you know, more enjoyable now. You know, I'm, I'm glad you're trying to go back to the dentist and get back in the, the, the swing of things. And she's like, oh, no, you're good. And I'm like, oh, you know, it's, it's okay. Just tell me what it is. And she's like, no, it's just my, my other dentist. Um, uh, he would massage my shoulders. And I was like, what? Okay. Yeah, that's exactly what I, she, she said, I can already, uh, she said, I didn't, I thought that every time you went to the dentist, that was like something that everyone did until someone told me, no, that's kind of creepy <laughs> that your dentist massages your shoulders. What um, the heck? and I was like, and, and be, me being me, I tried to be the optimist, like, well, maybe you were like nervous. Maybe you were a kid and they're like, like patting your shoulder, like trying to relax you. And she's like, oh no. Uh, this is when I was like 18 and oh. I was like, okay, this is, this is different. I was like, so if that's what you're scared of, I can completely, I can completely assure you that that's not going to happen, right. you know? Uh, but it's, uh, I don't know how I got on that story. I think when you bring it up, uh, dental phobia or, or every now again, people honestly have legitimate reasons to be scared. Uh, but it's more of just a representation of, you know, some people in society are crazy. There you go. And and if somebody has a story like, hey, is this normal for my dentist to massage my... Sh I, yes. I, I promise you I'll answer that one real quick. <laughs> You'll be glad is, to answer that one. The answer is not, not in the... No, hell no. <laughs> that is the answer. That is not normal. You know, is it... You know, other things would be like, is it normal for my dentist to get me flowers every time I come to... No. No, that's not yeah. normal. <laughs> Okay, these are small things that you kind of have to have red flags that say it's not. This is not normal, you know. But here, this is normal. Is it okay if my dentist charge me every time I come to the dent? Yes, yes. That's, yes. Called, a, that's called a bill. Yes, that's normal. <laughs> you see, you see the difference. Okay. <laughs> so, but honestly, in, uh, that's man. I don't even know what to say after that. You got, you got close the, us the, out. You, 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 you're kind of sounding like I was. <laughs> close us out, man. Close us out. This is just crazy. Uh, but no, anyway, uh, on that note, uh, if you have any creepy dentist, uh, uh, experiences, please, uh, let us know at realdentist dot, uh, at gmail. Yes. Real, that's right. Real dentist. And we will, uh, we will talk about your, uh, your experience on, online. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, thank you very much for listening, everybody. We appreciate you as always. And uh, again, let's let us know if you have any other questions. All right. Take care. Thank you for listening to Tooth Be Told. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at realdentist with an S at gmail.com. That's realdentist, R-E-A-L, dentist with an S at gmail.com. Remember, the opinions on this podcast are just that, our professional opinions. The final decision about your health should be made by you and a trusted dental professional.